Hi, welcome to Tech Talks, the People and Planet podcast. On this episode, I'm joined by Troy Bannister, the co-founder of health tech platform Particle Health. Troy, hi, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Lee. No, thanks for joining us. I'm sure this is going to be a really, really interesting episode, both for our listeners in the, the U.S., but equally um, for the guys here in the U.K. and Europe as well that perhaps don't know as much about the problem that you guys um, are solving. Um, well, is it a problem? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I love that bit about the fax machine as well, which I'm sure you'll share with us. But before that, please share with our listeners, you know, what you guys are doing, um, the inspiration behind it, what's the mission, those sorts of things. Yeah, I guess the, the quick story is, um, I've, I've kind of grew up in healthcare. Um, when I was 18, I was an EMT working in an ambulance, um, fell in love with, with healthcare and medicine, just working in an ambulance, um, ended up going to medical school. Long story short, um, I was going to be a doctor and I just realized how horrible uh, the healthcare system was built from an infrastructure level. Yeah. Um, and it made the job a, a, as a doctor really, you know, really impossible to do well. Sure. Um, one of one of the things that I realized that is kind of core to that is that even within a hospital system, one building may not be able to share data with another building. And when I say data, I just mean like get a record from one building to another. Yeah. The, the word that we use in the, in the space is interoperability, which is the ability for you know systems to exchange information with each other. Um, with the goal of the right information at the right place at the right time for the right person, right? That's really the goal. Um, this culminated for me when I was in uh, I was in San Francisco for a big healthcare conference, and I saw Joe Biden, um, who was the vice president at the time under uh -huh. Obama, um, talking on stage about his son who was diagnosed with a glioblastoma, brain cancer, sure. and they took him from one oncologist to another. And Joe Biden, the acting vice president of the United States, could not get his son's medical records from Dr. A to Dr. B. And I was sitting in the audience and I was like, this is a problem. Like, this, is, this is an incredible issue. Um, that, that, and he was complaining about it. I saw him complaining about it on stage. He, you know, subsequently, he launched this thing, Cancer Moonshot, which is a big US, United States um, program around oncology treatment, inclusive of some of these rules. Um, Obama launched an act out of office called the anti-information blocking rule, which uh -huh. is supposed to fix this problem. Um, we can talk about that in a minute. Um, but all this like BS just boiled my blood. Yeah. And I was like, if somebody, if somebody can solve this problem, this can flip healthcare upside down. Um, and also, um, you know, this is a problem worth spending a good chunk of my life, you know, going after. So that's, that's kind of the background um, as to how this whole thing started. So, so what, what is the benefit to the healthcare companies, healthcare providers of not sharing this data? Yeah. So let's think about it. Um, you're a big hospital system, right? Which is in the US, these are corporations, right? They're privately yeah. held companies. They do billions of dollars of revenue every year. You know, their CEOs are making sometimes 50 to $100 million a year in salary. Yeah, like man. unbelievable, unbelievable money, right? Um, you got this hospital system. You've got you know thousands of doctors working there, and you're using this EMR system, right? So the hospital contracts out with software company called an EMR, yeah. Electronic Medical Record. The biggest one in the United States is this company called Epic. They have about 70, 80% of the market in the United States. So call it a monopoly. Don't call it a monopoly, whatever you want. By the way, monopolies in the US are totally legal, right? You can, you're allowed to have a monopoly. 
as long as you don't use that monopoly to do nefarious business dealings, right? That's sure. the rule in the okay. United States. So, all right, Epic has a monopoly or close to it. Um, now, as a provider where you're paying this, this software company, I think the, the average cost is something like $3 billion to, to use a software for a hospital company. Yeah, oh yeah, crazy amounts of money to leverage the software. Um, they're housing all your data. That data is very valuable. Yeah. Right? There's a lot of value there um, for a couple of reasons. One is um, you can use it to build things, uh -huh. you know, whether it's clinical workflows and, um, you know, Mayo Clinic may have kind of trade secrets in how uh -huh. they treat patients. They don't necessarily want every doctor in the country to have as good of workflows as they do. Okay. Right. So this is a crazy thing to hear, but it's true. Um, number two is patient leakage. They don't mm -hmm. want that data to get out. So the doctor can't go or the patient can't go across the street to a different competing hospital with their medical records in hand and easily switch over to another doctor. This is a it's called patient network leakage, um, which is okay. a big focus point for hospitals to retain their patients and keep that revenue in house. Um, and then all the liabilities associated with it, too. Right. Um, one is maybe there's an evidence of malpractice in this data. I don't want that to go out to the patient's hands because they can go to their lawyer and sue me. So I don't want them to easily get access to it. Um, number two is, um, uh, and this is maybe the biggest one from the EMR standpoint, I don't want somebody to easily build a third-party application that everybody buys because I, at the EMR, want to build my own suite of applications. So if I make it really hard to connect with my EMR, I can build all the applications and everybody has to use my applications, right? <laughs> so it's, it, that, this is, instead of being a platform, they're a walled garden. And because of that, they're generating more and more revenue. And every, if you buy Epic, you use Epic everything. You use Epic um, you know, risk adjustment tools. You use Epic care coordination tools. You use Epic um, uh, sepsis analysis tools. Like it's really? all built in there because there's no real platform. There's no real like app store. There's no real third party thriving ecosystem because it's very, very difficult to plug into them. Crazy. So there's this lawsuit happening right now. And it's a great example. Um, this hospital, in, I think it was in New York, bought Epic, $2 billion installation. Epic then says after that, oh, by the way, all your affiliate practices in hospitals and clinics need to use Epic too, because our EMR doesn't talk to their EMRs. So now they get another price tag for another like billion dollars, right? So um, there's, there's, <laughs> it's, 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 why, why would you be surprised, right? Because it's, it works in yeah, yeah. capitalist society and this is not a single payer system. It's a private, you know, revenue driven world. It's like, uh, no one's surprised by this. It's just the way that things work in the, in this environment, right? But it's, it's the case. Unbelievable. Um, so tell us a little bit more about Particle then. What's, what's the product itself and what's the tech that's, that's driving it? Yeah, so I mentioned earlier, there's these, these new rules, right? Obama started yeah. one um, called the anti-information blocking rule. And like it sounds, it says, hey, these organizations that have been blocking access to information historically, you're not allowed to do that anymore. It's considered information blocking. If somebody requests information from you, that's, that's a valid person to request it. And you just say no without a good reason. That is now legal in the United States. And so it's very targeted at these organizations I've been you know, referring to earlier. Um, mm -hmm. And so starting actually on September 1st, so less than a month away, it's a million dollars per infraction for info blocking. It's a big fine. And so 
what Particle has been doing is building all these connections into these EMRs around the country. And so we built this infrastructure and we're connected to about 300, 310 million Americans medical records. So we have about 90% plus of, of the US healthcare systems wow. um, records today. And, and we have kind of cons consolidated it down to one API. Wow. And the way the API works is you just put in someone's name, date of birth, address, and phone number. And within about 60 seconds, we've gone and collected all their medical records from around the United States. We've parsed them, standardized them, cleaned them, and then gotten them back to you through the API. Um, so, yeah. Do, do you know how many records there are in the United States? We don't know. Um, I'll tell you, like, last month, we, I mean, we've done something like, or I guess last, uh, I can't remember exactly what the figure is. We, we've collected somewhere north of 100 million so far, but that's nowhere near how many there are, right? Like, there are billions of transactions happening uh, yeah. on a monthly basis. And what, what's population in the U.S.? Like, what, 350 million, something like that? It's a little bit below that. I think it's like 320, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Wow. So you've got that down to one API. Yes. Nice. One nice. contract. And that's, I mean, you're not a particularly old company. I mean, you started what, in 2018? Yeah, five years. Um, five years. I mean, that's that's some going. I'm, I'm sure that in that five years, it's not been plain sailing the whole way through. Um, oh, my there's, God. There's no. obviously some... Uh, some huge things going on worldwide within that time as well. Oh um, man, it's been, <laughs> you can't tell because I'm 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 a blondie, but I if you look close, there are gray hairs in here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There are lots of them. Um, I, oh I man, used to yeah, have it's, hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I've, <laughs> I'm I'm like I swear to God, I'm a year away from being completely. I, I, they're they're coming out, man. Um, <laughs> the, what's been, what's been yeah, the main challenges then? What's been the main challenges? How have you got yeah, around I, them? What's been the takeaways? You know, I think internal things, right? It was my first time ever actually working at a startup, right? I've never even worked at a business before. I've worked in hospitals. I've worked in ambulances. I, I've never like worked at a startup before. So I just started my own startup without ever even work, seeing one from the inside. So, yeah. you know, and I was also 20, uh, 27, I guess, when I started um, around ballpark 27. I can't exactly remember. Um, and so, you know, I was, I was a younger person at the time and, you know, a bit more immature. So there were challenges right out the gate, right, of not knowing what I was doing and um, not having been around the block um, and, and see sure. how this thing works. So, um, you know, I think that's, that's one. Um, I think number two is, as you mentioned, these external factors, right? Um, COVID hit, you know, when we were about seven, eight people and we grew to about 40, you know, before COVID kind of settled down. So building a fully remote team um, during a pandemic was very challenging. Um, I think the financial, you know, situation that occurred last year and is still kind of slowly but surely, re you know, resolving itself um, was another big one. You know, we were very lucky. We raised a, a healthy Series B um, August of last year, about a year ago. Um, yeah. And so, you know, that was that was right in the beginning of kind of act one, right, of everything's going to hell. Um, and so we were we were very lucky to squeeze out a twenty five million dollars Series B in in um, you know fire and brimstone falling everywhere, um, and so that gave us the runway we needed to hopefully outlast the worst parts of this, yeah, uh, and, and continue accelerating too through it, which was lucky, right? A lot of companies had to contract and pull back. Yeah. We kind of kept pushing, which was really nice. Um, and so I think those are some big ones. Um, and then of course, like you know, just 
the difficulty of building in a heavily regulated space mm. um, is really hard, especially when rules and laws are changing as we've we've grown. Um, the anti-information blocking rule was not even a thing when we started the company, and now it's it's the, the law, right? And it's in, yeah. enforceable in less than a month. So we've seen the full maturity of that um, happen and unfold in front of us. So it's been a it's been crazy. It's been absolutely insane. Um, did, did you think got, that, going back to the whole COVID thing? Did you think that you know during that period of the pandemic that the appetite for this sort of thing where people were wanting this information was was greater? Uh, yes. However, I think every responsible enterprise's reaction was, let's stop everything in the tracks uh -huh. as we figure out what's going on. That was, it, I think it, it was not like even hospital systems and insurance companies and, you know, stakeholders that had real skin in the game we're not, oh, Particle's innovative solution is exactly what we need right now. And we're 100% certain of that. It was not that. It was everybody pump the brakes. We don't know what's going to happen. And we're not making any decisions for a while. That was the result of COVID. So, yes, in the long run, I think um, COVID was, um, it was a problem that Particle could um, help, help solve yeah. for. Um, yeah. We could pull vac vaccine histories, right, which was hugely problematic at the time. Yeah, um, we could pull case reporting, like who was tested positive for COVID, who was not. We could pull that in, in thirty seconds. So there were there were great use cases for us. We actually offered our API for free to you know some nonprofit organizations that used us um, to you know save people's lives. So we yeah, imagine. yeah, literally. Um, so <laughs> we we really we really went all in on it. We built some COVID related products. And give it away for free to the market, which you know not all startups do. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it was really tough for six months, right? Was, everybody just said stop everything. And that that leads on to the next question. Actually, I mean, you guys are super values driven, um, and I think you know from speaking to you last time, you know, one of the things that you said that you were you were most proud of is is, is the people that you've got around you and the team that you've managed to build, the culture. Um, how do you? How do you ensure that those people have got that same um, mentality, that same, you know, pushing in the right direction and share those values to create that culture? I think um, one of the most important things you can do as a leader in a business is create a crystal clear vision of what the future could look like if you're successful. Uh -huh. And that that is something I've always like organically been able to do because I personally am obsessed with what the future could look like if this works uh, it changes the game completely um and that's so exciting it's it's like the reason i get out of bed every morning is like yeah. what i want to see what the other side looks like really really bad really bad and if you do that effectively you start to see your team start making big decisions and small decisions that support that vision right their micro interactions are tied to the um the the you know optimistic optimistic you know vision mm -hmm. state and that's that's all it really is right it's like you can have you know people that are high performers low whatever but as long as everybody sees that vision and knows it and agrees on it then everyone's rowing in the same direction and that's at least as a step one and that's and a big challenge for for a guy that's you know you know you were in the startup world before you started up particle do you think that you 
is this is that sort of visionary sort of aspect of you personally is that something that you think is 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 in your personality or have you had to learn that um so yeah i've never worked at a startup but i worked with startups right and i saw yeah. a lot of good entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs that were still learning um i remember this thing really clearly and it was one of the best lessons i learned as an entrepreneur which is the value of clear concise and um, I would say memorable um, uh, um, communication. And I'll give you an example. This entrepreneur I was working with, brilliant guy, scientist by training. He had created, and the first time he explained it to me was a single nucleotide polymorphism test that could identify mutant genes on the BRCA1 uh, genome, uh, you know, uh, you know w within 30 seconds. And I was like, okay. And so let's think about that. That was his messaging to me. That was his, his um, communication of the value of yeah. what he had built to me in, in 10 seconds. Um, I worked with him for a little bit. And by you know, the end of 15 minutes, the, the, the updated version of that was, I can identify breast cancer in patients days before any other test. Yeah. I was like, OK. Do you see the difference between those two things, right? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the value of your product is only as good as the messaging of your product because nobody's going to go first try your test and understand it before they hear the messaging from you, right? Messaging is always first. It's the it's the gatekeeper. So you are you're only as strong as the messaging. And so as as I saw this happen over and over again, I worked with all these entrepreneurs that just needed so much work on just tell me what the value of what you're doing is. I saw it over and over again. Um, I started to understand if you can take that even two or three levels beyond that and explain this is what the world looks like if this works, yeah, right? Yeah. Then it's then it's we're saving, you know, instead of saying we can identify breast cancer faster, it's we're saving a hundred million, you know, women's lives a year, right, or something, right? That that's getting inspirational now, and so yeah. that was like this huge lesson for me. Of there's version one, the the how. There's yeah. version two, the what, and then there's version three, the why. Wow. And the why is like, that's what gets people like working hard, trying to make this thing real. And that's, um, that's a huge lesson. That was something I think so, I've always so been what, So what is the why for Particle then? You know, you, you talked about a glimpse of the future before. What, what is that future? What could it, if you guys, if you guys smash it out the park, like it sounds like you could, what's, what does that future look like? I'll give you like the little bit longer version because it's, I think it's interestingly it's told this way. Um, in the US, we had these banks that we all use, right? Bank of America is a big one. Um, yeah. And they had these tools that allowed you to send like five bucks from your bank to five bucks to your friend's bank. But you had to like, fill out a form and it took 24 hours and it was like a whole mess. Yeah. It was because that solution was built for banks. It wasn't built for consumers. Uh -huh. this friend to friend exchange. There's a fee attached to it. Um, then this company came. And it was, it's a company called Plaid. And uh -huh. Plaid connected all the banks together and created an API and it allowed organizations to build apps on top of the banks. Mm -hmm. And we got this company called Venmo. And Venmo allows you to, with the click of a button, send five bucks from your bank account to five bucks to your friend's bank account. It's super easy. Everybody in America uses it now. It's like everybody, it's, this, it's a gold standard. And the reason everybody uses it is because it was built for the consumer, not for the bank. Yeah. In healthcare, everything is built for hospitals and insurance companies today. And it's because there is no plaid for healthcare. There's no organization that's connected them all together 
and built the infrastructure to allow third parties to build solutions for patients. So as soon as we have that, we will, for the first time in America, have entrepreneurs and startups building things for patients and not for hospitals and payers. Yeah, that wow. is why we exist. That's the future that we're going after. Nice. Nice. That is powerful stuff. So in the, in the short term, then, what's next? What, what exciting things? I think it was in September the, the law becomes enforceable. That's right, isn't it? Yes, September 1st. So that's, I mean, I've been waiting for this day for six years. Uh, yeah, so that's a big one. Um, we're also pushing heavily now into like analytics insights. And as you can imagine, some playing around with AI yeah. a little bit, right? We have access to all this data. What can we do with this data? There's a lot of value we can generate on top of it. Um, so that's a really interesting new you know, area that we're pushing into as well. It sounds um, sounds like exciting times. It's going to be really interesting to follow your journey. Um, thanks yeah. so much for joining us. So. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been great. Yeah, it really has. Um, guys, this has been Troy Bannister, the co-founder of health tech platform Particle Health. Troy, thanks again. Thank you very much.